Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. The Gospel of Mark is a biography of a person, that person is Christ, who lived according to God's New Testament economy. In order to understand this biography, we need to realize that every event recorded in it is meaningful. This is Matt Miller with Bob Danker to cover some significant events in the Gospel of Mark which help us understand God's New Testament economy. Bob, welcome back to the studio. It's good to be back, Matt. Yes, this uh, gospel, of course, is the gospel of the slave Savior, showing how the Lord Jesus was God's servant, God's slave, carrying out God's work on the earth faithfully. And, of course, in doing that, the Lord, at some times, he was teaching God's word to people, to enlighten people. And at other times, he was carrying out uh, miraculous acts of healing. He healed people physically. And uh, it's quite easy when we read the Gospel of Mark to see and realize and uh, something regarding the physical things the Lord Jesus did. But it's not easy for us to see what is behind the scenes in the spiritual realm. Actually, every physical thing the Lord did in healing the sick and so forth, has a spiritual significance. It has an application to our spiritual life. And that means it is related to God's economy, which is not in the physical realm, but in the realm of the spiritual things. So we need the Lord to enlighten us, to help us to see the spiritual significance behind what the Lord did in the physical realm. In our program today, Bob, and I want to give a little summary here for our listeners what we're going to look at. In the first three chapters of Mark, there's some general healings that the Lord did. But then uh, Witness Lee's burden today is to show us that he goes on from those general healings that have the significance behind him, like you referred to, to go on to some specific particular healings in chapters 7, 8, and 9 that even have more spiritual significance. So I think it's really worth it for our listeners to stay with us today to see the spiritual significance and how it applies to each one of us. Amen. So why don't we go to Witness Lee for the life study and see at the beginning this general healing from the first three chapters. Here's Witness Lee. In this Mark gospel, in the uh, first three chapters, he healed one who was a female, sick of fever, Peter's mother-in-law. Then the second case was a leper, and the third case was a paralytic, and the fourth one was one with a hand withered. Very meaningful. These are the four cases healed by the Lord in the first three chapters. You read these four cases, what do you get? These four cases are you and me. 
You were sick of fever? Every human being today is sick of fever. Then, were you not a leper? I was a leper. Contaminated. I was rotten. I was uh, corrupted. I was defiled. Contaminated to the uttermost. Were you not so? Then, were you not absolutely paralyzed? Not able to do anything. Not able to walk, to do things for God. As far as God is concerned, I was a paralytic, paralyzed. We all were. And, uh, you know, a paralyzed people cannot walk. But a hind-withered people cannot work. So we were persons sick of fever, abnormal, and contaminated as a leper, and paralyzed as a paralytic, unable to walk, and as a person unable to do anything. That was way. Was that not you? Well, Bob, I'll start off answering the question for myself. Yes, I was a paralytic in my natural fallen condition. And when Witness Lee asked this question in the public meeting, there were many yeses in response that we've cut out. But uh, I think right now in our radio audience, there may be an echoing yes also to this question. Uh, Are you a paralytic in your natural condition? This is really the case, isn't it, Bob? It is. In fact, All four of these kinds of sicknesses describe our condition before we were saved. Uh, First of all, we were all uh, in a fever. We were sick of a fever. You know, a a person who has a fever has a high temperature. And if you look at our our living before we were saved, you look at the, the living of the unsaved people today. Aren't they feverish? Aren't they running around here and there? They're too hot for so many things, seeking so many pleasures outside of God and outside of Christ. If you don't misunderstand me, they're crazy. They're too hot. This is the sickness of fever. And then, of course, we know the evils and the contamination and corruption in the world today is, you know, that's leprosy. That's a leper. A leper was a contaminated person. If you touched him, you got contaminated. So everyone stayed away from him because he was just a polluted person. And that's really what we were before we were saved. I was remembering these verses in 1 Corinthians 6, where Paul describes what kind of persons would not inherit the kingdom of God, starting with verse 9. And he lists all these kind of evil, polluted, contaminated kinds of behaviors. And then he says, such were some of you, but you were washed, you were justified, you were sanctified in the name of the Lord Jesus and in the Spirit of God. You know, before, that was our condition before we were saved. But our uh, salvation, our believing in the Lord, was a real washing of our whole being, of so many dirty things, you know, that that we were involved in. Um, Then we have the paralytic, as you were mentioning, and Witness Lee was mentioning, basically a paralytic is a person who can't walk, Of course, he may be paralyzed in other ways, but before we were saved, we were not able to walk with God or in God's way. We were paralyzed in relation to God. 
and we were unable to do anything for him. And also, we had withered hands. That means, you know, a person's hands are his working ability and his working capacity. You know, we work with our hands. So before we were saved, we had no way to carry out God's work. Our hands were withered. But then, just by our believing in the Lord and being regenerated and enlivened by him, then these general kinds of sicknesses were healed. And we became more normal, not so feverish, you know. And we became uh, released from some evil and contaminating things. And then we began to be able to walk in the Lord's way. And we also began to have the capacity to serve him. Our withered hands got healed. This is a marvelous description of what salvation does in an initial way for an unbeliever who was so sick before he met the Lord. I know for myself, Bob, I grew up a Catholic from my birth. I was born in a really good Catholic family, and growing up there, I went to catechism every week and mass. I was an altar boy. And eventually, when I was in high school, my older brother had received the Lord through college, and he preached the gospel to me and said, it's not enough for you to be a Catholic. You need to be a Christian. You need to receive the Lord. You, you know, he read me the verses in John chapter 3, you must be born again. And so I started considering this, and, and I had this experience, you know, of being born again. And I thought about that when I was going over this message, because I was there for much of the time sitting in the mass, listening to the priest with no consciousness. I wasn't paying attention. But after I had this experience of being born again, I could really relate to Witness Lee's description of our initial salvation is that we get enlivened. The spiritual thing started to make sense to me. Things were different for me, and I know, and I could tell something's different has happened to me than has happened to a lot of the people in this room here with me. That's right, Matt. I'm glad you mentioned this matter of enlivening. Actually, it's the divine life, which is Christ himself, entering into us that heals us from our fever, from our leprosy, from our paralysis, and from our withered hands. I mean, we get enlivened. We get a new life, which is Christ. Uh, And that really produces a great change within our being in a very inward way, a subjective way, not just an outward way. Well, this enlivening is, the I would say, the focus of the first three chapters in the general healing. Now we're going to go on to the specific healing related to, uh, well, we'll see. Let's I'll give Witness Lee a chance to uh, bring out these points in chapters 7, 8, and 9. Here's Witness Lee. From chapter 4 to chapter 8, the Lord was continuing to heal. But you shouldn't think this person is okay now. No. These four cases of healing are all of one category. It's general healing. Nearly not one of the healings touched this man's organs. For instance, the hearing organ, the speaking organ, and the seeing organ. These three organs are very meaningful. You know, when we contact, we need these three organs. This book categorizes all the first four cases as general healing. Then, after chapter four, you have another series of healings, also four cases. A case of a deaf and dumb person, a case of a dumb boy, and a case of a blind man. 
in that Galilean village. And the last case was the case of Bartimaeus and Jericho. Another four cases. And these four cases are healings of organs. Of what organs? These three organs. The seeing organ, the hearing organ, and the speaking organ. Today, our relationship with God depends upon these three organs. If we couldn't see God's vision, if we couldn't hear God's word, if we couldn't talk to God, we are through. We are just done in front of God. Yet, the Bible in the New Testament tells us the Lord Jesus came to sow himself into us. We got unleavened. Our fever is gone. Leprosy is cleansed. Paralysis is healed. The withering is healed. We got our life. Hallelujah, we got our life. We all got regenerated. But we all know after being regenerated, how long a time we still remained blind, deaf, and dumb. You have to see the two categories of healing. The first is just to enliven you. And the second is to recover all the functions of the crucial organs in contacting God, seeing, hearing, and speaking. Bob, let's talk about the healing of these vital organs for seeing, hearing, and speaking. Well, as Witness Lee pointed out, Matt, these are all related to our ability to have the proper contact with God. Um, If we cannot hear God's speaking, if we cannot see God's revelation in his word, and if we cannot speak to God according to what we have heard and seen, and we cannot speak to others according to what we've heard from God and seen from God, then we're lacking something. We may have the general healing that comes from being enlivened, but we need further healing. We all can relate to those first four sick conditions. But how about these next three, about our functions, our organs, our hearing, our seeing, and our speaking? Can we hear God when he speaks through his word and through other members of his body? Can we see the spiritual revelation in the word of God? Or do we just see the physical things when we read the Bible? Do we see the spiritual visions in God's Word and the spiritual significances of the things that we read in the Word of God? And as a result of hearing and seeing, then we should be able to speak something. We should be able to pray to God in a very meaningful way that's in harmony with His plan and his purpose, and not just our own needs and wants and desires, right? And we should be able to speak to people concerning God's salvation and God's eternal plan based upon what we've heard and what we've seen. So we have to ask ourselves, have we been healed further? Have we experienced this further healing? Or are we still deaf, blind, and dumb? <laughs> 
unable to speak, unable to hear, unable to see. We have to be honest. We have to open to the Lord and say, Lord, show me. I may need more healing from you, in which case we need to go to him and say, Lord Jesus, please heal me. Open my ears so that I can hear you. Open my eyes so that I can see the divine spiritual things, not just the things of man in the physical realm. And open my mouth my, and loose my tongue so that I can speak to you and to others uh, in a proper way to minister something to them and to pray in a proper way to you. As you were speaking, Bob, I was reminded of 1 Corinthians chapter 14 when the Apostle Paul said that he who prophesies builds up the church or speaks encouragement. So I wondered, uh, for our listeners today who are listening, I, I guess my question would be to them, are you speaking words that would build up the church? Are you speaking words of encouragement? If not, maybe your tongue needs to be healed. Maybe there needs to be some specific healing like Bob was just talking about. We need to pray, Lord, heal my tongue, heal my speaking. Right. That's right, Matt. I mean, I would say we need this kind of particular healing, not just once in our life, but even in an ongoing way, that our eyes will be more open to see the divine things, that our ears will be more open to hear the divine speaking, and that our mouth will be more open to utter the things that we hear and the things that we see in the divine and spiritual realm, so that, as you said, we can minister something to others for the building up of the church. Well, Bob, one of the best examples in the New Testament is Peter, because Peter, when he was with the Lord in the three and a half years in the Gospels, he was constantly not hearing well what the Lord said, and he was constantly saying things that the Lord was rebuking him over, and he just, he needed his eyes, ears, and speaking healed. And I want to read a couple of verses in Acts, starting with chapter 2, verse 14, that show our brother Peter did get healed. He's a different person in Acts than he was in the Gospels. And I'd like to read verse 14 first. It says, But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and spoke forth to them, men of Judea and all who are dwelling in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. So Peter is standing up in a bold way, and then he concludes his speaking in verse 36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you have crucified. So here's, of course, we couldn't read everything Peter said there, but it, 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 that whole speaking is a testimony. His eyes, his ears, and his tongue were healed. Let's go to Witness Lee for the conclusion of today's life study. Have you noticed that in this book, one is our representative? Do you know who represents us? Our big brother, Peter. Have you noticed that in this book, he was the first one called by the Lord? He was always number one, always taking the lead. <laughs> Even to deny the Lord, he took the lead. Even after resurrection, his name was mentioned by the angels. He was very reputed, very famous. Who was Peter? You, me. If you are going to understand this book, you have to put all the cases together and give the aggregate a name, Peter. The first case of healing was Peter's mother-in-law. 
related to Peter, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's very meaningful, at least in the Bible. Peter was sick, and Peter was dead blind Bartimus at the gate of Jericho. Up to that time, he was still blind. <laughs> he was blind to the uttermost. He needed healing. Eventually, these big Peter got their particular healings. Peter got fully healed and recovered. When you come to Acts chapter 2, Peter's standing there, not only alive, not only strong in life, but he was strong in seeing, in hearing, in speaking. Well, what a contrast, Bob. I hope this is uh, the result of our program today that some of our listeners would have this kind of particular healing. Oh, that would be wonderful, Matt. As uh, you were saying and Witness Lee was saying, before Peter was regenerated, he couldn't hear. The Lord would speak. Uh, I remember one time the Lord spoke to his disciples about his going to Jerusalem to be crucified and resurrected. And Peter took the Lord aside and said, Lord, don't let this happen to you. Well, it was absolutely necessary that it happened to the Lord. But Peter, in his natural understanding, in his uh, inability to hear the Lord's word in a right way, tried to prevent the Lord from being crucified. And then, uh, you know, there are other cases there in the Gospels where Peter spoke improperly, out of place, because he didn't see, he didn't understand the spiritual things. But after he was regenerated by the Lord on the day of the Lord's resurrection, and after the Spirit was poured out upon the disciples on the day of Pentecost, Peter was another person. Oh, if you read his first gospel message in Acts chapter 2, you read part of it. If you read those verses, you realize Peter understood the scriptures. He could expound the Bible. He, could, he knew the significance of the Lord's incarnation, of the Lord's human living, of his crucifixion on the cross and his resurrection, even his ascension. He could speak forth these great things of the Lord. That shows Peter had been healed. Well, Bob, uh, I, I said earlier when I handed you the microphone there that I, I hope our listeners could have this kind of experience. And uh, we've run out of time for our program, so I guess we can end the program on that note with a, a prayer to the Lord that this kind of particular healing would reach our listeners today. Thanks for coming in and doing this program with me. Always a pleasure, Matt. And we, we encourage you to call us and, and get the printed materials that go along with these messages. Again, our number is one eight 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 life study That's one 543 3788 Or you can write to us at Living Stream Ministry, P.O. Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814 or a simple email to radio at lsm.org Well, on behalf of Bob Danker, this is Matt Miller. Thanks for listening today.
God views the church, the redeemed believers, from a heavenly perspective. Far from seeing her as defeated by the power of sin and sins, God views the church as the triumphant and glorious counterpart of Christ, who fully expresses the one who fills all in all. In The Glorious Church, Watchman Nee discusses four significant representations of the church in the Bible. Eve in Genesis chapter 2, the wife in Ephesians 5, the woman in Revelation 12, and the bride in Revelation 21 and 22. In each instance, he presents the church's high calling to fulfill God's eternal purpose. Recently discovered handwritten notes supplement this new and fresh translation of the glorious church, making it the most complete record of the messages given by Watchman Nee in the fall of 1939 and the fall of 1942. The appendix, The Overcomers and God's Dispensational Moves, is a significant never-before-published portion of these notes. The Glorious Church by Watchman Nee from Living Stream Ministry is available now at Christian bookstores or call 1-888-543-3788. That number again is 1-888-543-3788.